All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. It is time for Groove Talk Radio. We are live, Groove Talk Radio, on Studio W, The Buzz. Hey, listen, um, if you all want to call in, tonight's show is going to be a very interesting show. Um, if you want to call in, make sure you call in. The number is 844-978-8346. Again, that's 844-978-8346. Um, right, n- <laughs> right now, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we introduce ourselves we're going to make sure we introduce ourselves, make sure everything is going on. We ha- we were having some technical difficulties earlier on, but uh, now we might be okay. This is uh, Robert Brown. I'm your co-host, Groove, known as Wisdom, Los Angeles graduate chapter. All right. Uh, microphone check. Check one. All right. We're good. All right. This is uh, Tierre, Groove, known as Mind Sex, out of Tiger Fire. Jamal Hawkins, uh, groove known as Assassin, out of Tiger Fire. All right. Okay, so now we know what's not working. <laughs> We're just getting everything uh, situated right here. Um, for those who have been listening for the last few weeks, we appreciate it. We want to make... Oh, man, lines are blowing up right now. That's great. Um, that is good. You know what? Let me see. Let me see who's on the air. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this call here. Uh, hello, who's on the air? All right, you're on the air with Studio W Buzz Groove Talk Radio. Oh, people are hanging up on the air. All right, that's all right. Hello, you're on the air. Who's who's this? This is uh, Groove Talk Radio. Okay. We're gonna keep the show going. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna. Uh, Make sure everybody uh, knows the new format. We are uh, changing things just a little bit. For the folks who've been listening for the last few weeks, we appreciate it. We love you. We're letting you know this is actually the fastest growing show uh, during the weekdays on Studio, Studio w, w, The Buzz. And uh, we're excited. And we thank you for helping us become such a popular show during the week. Um, in the past, we were focused on a specific topic of the week. This time, we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to stay a little bit true to what's going on in news, politics, and current events. Um, what's been going on in news, politics, and current events, Rob? So, well, hey, I'm glad you asked. The first thing that's on my mind, actually, is we came off of a weekend of incredible NFL action. We got ourselves a Super Bowl team uh, I'm sorry Super Bowl teams now we got ourselves the Atlanta Falcons and the uh, New England Patriots coming off of an incredible weekend what do you what do you think about that man I, I gotta admit man um, I'm very uh, ex- I'm, 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 this is gonna be a su- good Super Bowl uh, we all know what the Patriots can do um, I don't really trust them I think they're a cheating organization but they're known for putting in work in Super Bowls and I think they might have their hands full with the Atlanta Falcons, man. That, that Atlanta Falcons has a very high-powered offense. And as a Niner fan, I can't wait to get our hands on their offensive coordinator. Mm. So uh, I'm actually going to root for the, Fal- the Falcons this year. Um, 
I just want to hate on the Patriots just on GP. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've always been a Saints fan. You know, my family is a Saints family from Louisiana. Uh, my stepfather played for the Saints, so we got to be a Saints family by default, which means that we can't be a Falcons fan because <laughs> they're in the same division. So I've I've grown up hating the Falcons, but I'm going to tell you, for the Super Bowl, I hate the Patriots even more because what we have here with the uh, Super Bowl is you're a Patriots fan or you're a Patriots hater. You know what I mean? We don't have a lot of Falcons fans out here in California, and I don't know how many Falcons fans are nationwide. I do know there are a lot of Patriot haters. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot of Patriot Patriots. Patriots give you a lot of reasons to hate them. Right. <laughs> what do you think about this, Jamal? All right, well, I guess I'm a, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a Patriot hater. If they, if they were playing a Pop Warner team, I'd be pulling for the Pop Warner team. But um, I guess I got kind of mixed feelings about the Super Bowl. Obviously, seeing the Patriots again in the Super Bowl is like a, a pain to me. But, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, you know, as much as I don't like that organization, you got to give them credit where it's credit due. I mean, the, to be in the Super Bowl seven times under this uh, Belichick regime is uh, is is extraordinary. I mean, you know, you can't deny them that. At the end of the day, they got a system out there that works, and they got what they earn. But fortunately, I think it's good that the uh, Falcons – are in there instead of the Packers because I don't think the Packers uh, were, were equipped to uh, deal with the uh, Patriots, and I think that would have been a, a, a disgusting Super Bowl. But at least with the Falcons, we got a team with a potent offense. How their defense do against the Patriots, I don't really know, but they have been playing solid defense. I think with that backfield, Freeman and uh, and Coleman, I think that they can uh, that they can do some cause some problems for the linebackers. Um, obviously, with Julio Jones out there and the way uh, Ryan is playing, um, that's a pretty potent offense. So at the very least, we should have a uh, competitive, high scoring Super Bowl, uh, entertaining Super Bowl, hopefully. Um, uh, but I think the the, uh, the Falcons stack up pretty good for the Patriots. So I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout as if the Packers would have made it. So I think it's going to be a pretty good Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt Ryan is having his year right now. And I think one of the things that uh, I heard on the, on, the, on, the, on the weekend on Sunday, they were talking about how Matt Ryan is well, – well, one of the things that's happening is he's spreading that offense around. Mm-hmm. You know, he's hitting multiple – Receivers, he's hitting multiple two tight ends. So that he can, they're working with a two tight right, end set. They keep, got two it keep, backs. It keeps the other, it keeps the uh, defense on their toes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's uh, a full spread out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not playing around. They are. They got momentum. Right. Right. They got momentum. Right. Um, that, that, this, it's, it, it looks like it's the system because they said at first um, um, Matt Ryan actually had a problem with Shanahan's, uh, the, the offensive coordinator, had a problem with his system, and they argued last year. But they worked that all out together, I mean, to, uh, this year. And, boy, did they work it out. The, the Falcons are hot. Uh, they lit the Niners up. <laughs> and I, yeah, who didn't? Forget you. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of the Niners, let me ask you a question, Jamal, man. This is, um, um, we're wrapping, we're going to wrap up the football year, um, um, with the Super Bowl pretty soon. And, uh, we had something really spectacular or, or definitely different happen this year with Colin Kaepernick's stand. Um, let me just ask you a question. Do you think Cap- Kaepernick himself will ever, uh, I was going to say stand or refuse to stand would be kneel would be a better way to a more appropriate way to put it. Or uh, do you think that uh, any other football players will do it? Or how do you feel about that whole thing? Do you think that uh, people will continue to use sports to um, 
to, to put their social issues out there. Exactly. Do you act, that's a good question. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to see uh, athletes take a more of a stand when you have issues that come up. Um, as far as do I think it's going to carry over to the next season in football? Honestly, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, is is uh, with him. I don't. I don't really know, man. He could or he can't. But I mean, as far as like um, other players getting involved in doing that during the anthem, I don't think that's going to carry over to next year. But I do see. With um, just the attention, because you saw with uh, LeBron and uh, during that award show, with you know they Kyle had uh, they came yeah. together and, and they discussed it. So I, I do see athletes having a uh, uh, more of a role in uh, issues that come up, but I don't see it as as far as like you said with Kaepernick. I don't I don't see that carrying over to the next year. I think that was just something that because of how the year went, um, it was something that that took place you know during the anthem this year. But I don't see it carrying over as far as during the game. I just see it maybe as probably taking it to a step to where they just get more actively involved in what's going on. While we're, while we're talking about football, you know, there was some other news in NFL as well since the last time we spoke. The Chargers are coming to L.A. And I have yet to what? meet one person excited about it <laughs> now listen, yet. Listen to this now. We, 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 we here in L.A., for, for, y'all, don't, for y'all who don't know, we, we're broadcasting here in Southern California. We are Los Angeles grad. We have ties to L.A., we went from zero teams to two NFL teams, and everybody got something to say about this. Uh, the Rams came here to L.A. They had a below-average year this year, and now we're bringing in a San Diego Chargers team to L.A. What's going on, Jamal? Well, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to all those moving companies that denied them service <laughs> and moving out here because I'll be I'll be straight up with you to any Chargers fan any Chargers player to Chargers manager we don't want you in LA that's just straight up hmm. I mean you know I'm just being wow. honest with you I I mean I, we, we, they, we, don't we just want don't you. want you even even the Chargers fans that I've talked to in LA the small few that there are they wanted them to stay in San Diego like dude we don't want you right I'm just being honest. Right, right, right. Um, your fan base is is not. I mean, look look at what happened at at, at y'all home games in in San Diego. You know, it's like we don't want you. You know, it's so. I'm just gonna be honest. The on, only chance they got at possibly making people forgive it is they have to come out and just be like dominating because you know when they say cures all. Right. But even like, I honestly think that the dislike of the Chargers is so bad in L.A. that even if they came out winning, they wouldn't want them. But, you know, again, I could be wrong. Uh, winning could change things, but just based off of the feedback from, you know, you see going on in L.A. is, you know, that team is not wanted here. I mean, the, the Rams was, was somewhat not even wanted outside of the, you know, probably the L.A. fans that they had before. But ho- hopefully it works out for them, you know, because, I mean, I'll be at them Raider games. But uh, as far as the Chargers, I really don't want them here. I mean, and shouts out to the uh to the man in the newspaper that put out that article of "We don't want you." I mean, that's just well, that's just how it is in L.A. right now. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. And, I didn't and even hear about the article. Let, let me ask you this. And this is this is for Tierra or Jamal because I, I really don't know the details about the Chargers move. All I know is San Diego does not want them to move to L.A. L.A. does not want them to move to L.A. They're moving into the StubHub Center, which is a terrible location for NFL. Why are they moving? Okay, well, the Raiders and the Chargers were looking to move, and St. Uh, St. Louis they were looking to come back here. Right, they, right. St. Louis already had a set to come back here, 
But the problem that the Raiders and the Chargers was having in their cities is that they were having problems with the uh, city coming up with uh, funding the for, for the, the new stadium. stadium. Uh, what was decided was that in the event that the Raiders and the Chargers couldn't get a stadium in their cities, that the Chargers would have first option of jo- of sharing that stadium with the Rams and the Raiders would have the second option. Since San Diego didn't come through, the Chargers went ahead and act, act, you know used that right to all right we're going to share the stadium with uh, with the Rams. Um, why are they using a different stadium now mm-hmm. instead of just sharing it with the Chargers now? I mean with the Rams now I don't know, but that was the uh, original plan behind it, is that the uh, Chargers had an option to share in that stadium in L.A. with the Rams See, if they couldn't get a, a, a stadium in uh, San Diego. Now share, sharing the stadium, Rams and the Chargers sharing the stadium, kind of like the Clippers and and, and Lakers. Mm-hmm. That might work for NBA. That doesn't always work for NFL, right? I mean, from a, I mean, to be honest, in my opinion, from a business standpoint, you look at it this way: that stadium, rather than make money off of eight home games, is going to have sixteen home games now. Because mm-hmm. each team, because each That's team has point. eight home games, they just have to schedule so, it the so right way. They just, yeah, the long, long as they schedule it, which is not a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the income on that, you got sixteen home games instead of eight. So from the owner standpoint, they're looking at the revenue from it. So it makes sense to them. You know, they don't really care about, you know, everything else. They're, at the end of the day, it's going to be about money. And when you're looking at you can make 16 uh, money off of 16 home games instead of eight, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then it's a brand new stadium and everything they're going to have there, the, uh, all the events they can have there, that's all right, generated right, right. money. So from a financial standpoint, it makes sense. Right. But, you know, obviously the fans are going to be a little butthurt about it, but all it right. is what it is. Kind of makes you feel, you know, sports is such a uh, great analogy in life uh, for life in, in many ways. You know, the the triumphs and right. the failures, right. the hard work, and it's you can make up a bunch of metaphors. But another one, when you're talking about these teams moving, it's another part of life. It just makes you think about how powerless you are in this um, capitalistic society that we're, we live in. I think that billionaires should buy their own stadiums. They should pay for their own stadiums. You're making all of that money. They're going to make the revenue back. Right. You're going to make the money back. But you, but these billionaires want to hold out the taxpayers. And there are a lot of cities like Oakland. I mean, Oakland Oakland could use that tax revenue that comes from the Raiders. They could use it from the Warriors also. And they're probably going to lose both teams. That's going to hurt the city. I'm from Oakland. So I, I kind of I kind of don't want either team to leave just for that tax revenue. Hmm. But... The actual Raider fans are so upset. The Raiders belong in Oakland. They just do. And um, just like the Chargers actually belong in San Diego, no one even wants them in L.A. But there's, you know, people are greedy. And these owners want the cities to pay for, you know, their stadiums instead of putting up the money themselves. And I think that that should be something that should be... um, that because, should just be made illegal, just, just even flat if, out. E- even if the owners don't pay out of pocket, they could put proposals together enough to get funding on private funding, investors. They don't necessarily have to make the city pay for it. Yeah, right. And these same owners are the same people railing about socialism. But mm. <laughs> I you <know> digress. <laughs> um, I'm glad we started with sports. We we uh, needed to get a lot of that off our chest. And 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 to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, and I'm looking forward to this uh, Super Bowl, or what I like to call Second Thanksgiving. Okay. Because I eat. 
we're going to switch gears here a little bit and move into some um, other current events, news in the world that happened in the past week. One in particular that I have on my mind, Saturday Night Live just this just today, just this afternoon, announced that they are going to suspend one of their writers, Katie Rich, for something that she tweeted about relating to Donald Trump's son, right? <coughs> Uh, so in the news, what what ended up happening was she made this joke about Donald Trump's son eventually going to be the first homeschool shooter, homeschool <laughs> mass shooter, which was a funny joke, except, you know, school shooters, they have a um, there's this relationship between school shooting and mental illness. There's already rumors about Donald Trump's son maybe having some kind of condition and when you put the two together it looks like she was coming down on Donald Trump's son a 10 year old and the idea was Democrats Republicans and everybody in between were saying you know you can be funny but 10 year olds are off limits 10 year olds are off limits and she got so much backlash that people were calling in, writing in to Saturday Night Live saying you need to get rid of her. And they finally did something about it today and said, you're suspended. So my question to you, both of you, is what kind of leeway do we give our media people? What kind of leeway do we give our comedian? Because she's a comedian. First and foremost, she's a comedian. What kind of leeway do we give our comedians to our reporters, to our journalists, to our late night talk show hosts? To our Groove Talk radio show host, you know what leeway do these people have? What do you think? As a as a comedian, you know, obviously your goal is to be funny, and I we've heard comedians that be you know they make jokes about certain things that you know reach that borderline, but I think what they they have to take into consideration, you know, exactly what where they're going and is that really worth the joke? I mean, if you're gonna take a situation that has to do with shootings that's been a sensitive topic in schools in the around the country you know that's something that you can probably pass on mm-hmm. you know it's just like that you know in in uh school and when everything everybody cracking jokes and then when that mama joke come up that's when the fist come out you know it's a, it's a limit you know you don't want to first of all you don't want to get on nobody kids you know it's one thing to get on an adult leave the kids out of it you know it's just like any one of us anybody you know disrespect our kids we're going to take that personal Talk about me all you want. I can handle that. But, you know, don't come at my kids like that. You know, and I think that she should have known that that was going to be, how that was going to take and be taken. You know, one, you're talking about a kid of a politician. And in regards to being a, a, a violent situation that's been a sensitive topic in the country, I think she should have known better than that. Hmm. You know, it's one thing to go after the, after the man, but to go after his kids like that, I think she was out of line, to be honest with you. Hmm. You know what? One of the things that we do, I, I think you said it, Jamal. Uh, comedians, by definition, comedy is going to offend, right? You know, when you tell a knock-knock joke, basically what you're doing is you're trying to get one over on the person who's listening, you know? All comedy offends, and the idea here is to what extent do we pull back some of the jokes that we say? What do you think, Tia? Um, well, you know what? I, 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 I agree with, with, with Jamal. But then I, I, then again, at the same time, I don't agree. I agree with the fact that, yeah, kids should be off limits. People have been saying that for years. You don't pick on kids. The problem is that I often see 
I see one side always being the one to give in and do what's right and be honorable and the other side doesn't and they often uh, express fake outrage. Hmm. Um, I think uh, children should be off limits. But then again, when you're talking about Donald Trump, who has no limits on anyone else, he can make fun of retarded people. He can uh, he can make fun of uh, ethnic minorities. Uh, he can he can he can he can he can disrespect John Lewis during Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. You know, this guy has no limits. There is no um filter don't no filter there is no too far for him uh he just he just goes there you know i find it a little hypocritical for people to be getting so offended oh no why did she say that about donald trump's son you know and and, and just so so offended but but trump as far as i'm concerned he brings that on himself when you're on the offense every day disrespecting everybody don't you know, start crying when someone starts um, shooting shots back at you. And since no one else was um, uh, off limits with you, then why should your family members be off limits? Michelle Obama wasn't off limits. They made fun of her. She was the best first lady we ever had. And they drew a cartoon of her, a comic book ca- cartoon of her in a watermelon patch. Hmm. So a lot of people have a tendency to... Because uh, at one point, wives were off limits, right? Wives... The, the president's wives, you, you don't... Right, well... At one point, that was off-limits, but until somebody decided not to. Right, well, I remember uh, Michelle took a lot of criticism for showing her bare arms. They said she was disgracing the uh, the, the FLOTUS, the uh, First Lady of the United States uh, position. She had, you know, just for, just for showing her, her, her arms. Right. You right. know, and now we have a First Lady who has shown a whole lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And, and you know what? Um, for those of you who want to call in, uh, feel free to call in to join the discussion. This is Studio W to Buzz. You can call in toll free 844-978-8346. Make sure that when you do call in, if you want to get on the air, you got to hit the zero and it'll get you straight to us. Now, um, you bring up an interesting point because you're right. Our new first lady has shown a whole lot more than some bare arms. So does that mean the comedians now can poke fun at the first lady? We got we have we have we have a first lady for the first time who speaks English as a second language. She speaks we, immigrant. She is a um former model, nude model, right? Mm-hmm. The fir- technically she's the second first lady to be born outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um I found that out on a little trivia. John Adams' wife was not born in the United States, but a lot of people back then were probably born in England. <laughs> but right now, you have somebody, right? The first lady, is she up for grabs on Saturday Night Live? Is she up for grabs with the comedians? If I'm running Saturday Night Live, I think she's fair game for the simple fact that it's an adult. I mean, you know, it's it's like you can't. Talk about one thing and then don't want somebody to come at you. Just like with uh with the with the first with his uh first first lady, she um she was one of the ones that was talking about you know making pressing the issue that Trump was about Obama's uh, citizenship, and she was one like uh, he was like we want you to prove this, and she was one of the ones all right yeah we want you to prove it why can't you show it? But then she don't want to people pressing uh, Trump about showing your taxes. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you can't have it both ways. So, I mean, if I'm running Saturday Night Live, 
I'm, I'm her and Trump would be fair game. They're adults, you know. It's not kids, and it's like you did it. You know, it's not like I'm lying and saying that you were doing it, but you actually did it. Now we're making it, you know, making fun of it. But as far as censorship, it's like you know, it's, it's going to be a double standard all the time. I mean, could it? What if it was a different com- comedian that said it? Because I honestly think that if Chris Rock said that during one of his shows, I don't think it would have been a big deal. Is that right? I really do. Because Chris Rock be going in on some stuff, but it's funny as hell. Okay. And people is like, I don't think it would have been taken the same way if it was Chris Rock. I got you. Is it because she was like a, a, you know, not that big of a comedian or, you know, not didn't have that type of fame to go there? Maybe. You know, I think I think maybe it was a double standard. If somebody else that was more popular would have said it, I don't really think that um, that it would have been that big of a deal. Now, let me ask you this, because um, when you said if Saturday Night Live were to go in on Melania Trump is a fair game, um, Saturday Night Live just announced that they were going to, they don't, they don't know when, but they're going to let, you know, Alec Baldwin has been getting a little bit of a resurgence because he does a good Trump impersonation. Alec Baldwin has cornered the market on Trump, kind of the way Tina Fey was Sarah Palin a few years ago, mm-hmm. and she restarted that Saturday Night Live career by being Sarah Palin. Alec Baldwin is doing such a good job. Saturday Night Live is going to let him be the host of the upcoming show. Meaning all Alec Baldwin all day on that on that episode. Now, before I let you. I look forward to seeing that, to be honest with you. I want to I want to I want to see who's coming up here. with All right. Let's see who the caller is. All right, we're going to let these uh, callers figure out what they're doing here. You know, we're going to do, we what do you right think button? about that, uh, Tier? We got Saturday Night Live giving Alec Baldwin his own, uh, what do you think, Tier? Well, um, as far as the Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing um, um, to seeing his um, uh, an entire episode uh, dedicated to his uh, uh, impersonations of Trump. When you watch, you know, I, I, I've never really recorded uh, Saturday Night Live on a regular basis, the series, but I've definitely uh, set it to record in the last few months. That show is getting hilarious again. Mm-hmm. This is one of the uh, one of the positive backlashes I could say about this whole Trump presidency. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to make the, the activist generation come back, not just in comedy, but remember, you know, well, you don't remember, you shouldn't, but the 60s, you know. <laughs> I'm not that. You know, it was, yeah, yeah neither am I, but. But that that whole generation was active and out there. The zeitgeist of the whole era was revolution and make America better and change. Trump's um, aggressiveness, Trump's aggressiveness is is it, it could have a um, an effect that he didn't see coming. He might bring people together hmm. by trying to divide people apart i've heard i've heard some you know, other people say that same thing. you know hey i was at that women's march this uh this weekend uh me and my mom and my daughter were out there and i wasn't the only guy out there i mean right, it was a right. it was a lot of it was everybody you know you forget it was a women's march i just thought it was just you know you know when once you down there it felt like just an you know anti-trump uh uh rally but um props to the women for putting that together i don't know if we're going to speak on that later on but no no uh, no guess what we're speaking on that right now. Okay. Right now, what we're doing is uh, we're moving from one segment to another pretty nicely. We're, you know, we talk about sports, ease into the week, talk about some other things in the news uh, before we get into everybody's hot topic, which is uh, uh, we, Trump and politics. And and we're you know we're right we're right there. So I want to ask you uh, that, that's a very good point. You know, we had some interesting things happen over the weekend. Not only the women's march that happened on saturday but the fact that they 
outshined the inauguration. Oh, I think did they? Did they? That this was a worldwide event. I mean, let's just uh, stop yeah. and salute and give props where props are due. Right. Ladies, uh, an entire gender organized against the president of the United States of America <laughs> and, and did a very good job. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, they had, I believe, 400,000 people marching in, in New York, uh, 100,000 in L.A., a couple hundred thousand in Chicago. They had people marching in London. I heard it actually in L.A. Uh, estimates were probably a quarter million just in L.A. Yeah, well, shoot, I was I was one of them, and it, yeah. it was packed. Yeah. So you know, I just I just got to give props to the sisters and to the women for 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 doing this. Yeah. They did a great job. Amazing. Now that was that was what shocked me about the whole protest thing is is in the United States, I, I, that was expected. You know, that kind of didn't shock me, but when I found out that it was in other countries, that kind of that kind of you know, there's something that you don't really see. Like usually when you have a protest within a country, it's usually that country that's right, protesting right, right. or that state or that you know region. That area is is protesting, but when it reached to uh, other countries Worldwide. that's doing it, that, that that's a huge statement, man. They, are, I mean, Houston, red states, red states. I mean, you're, you're talking no, no, about no. overseas. All fifty states. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they, they were they were all peaceful. fifty states. Right, right, right. And so, 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 just 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 the fact that even if, if Jamal was saying like, even if it was just in the United States, where it was in the United States, even in those red states, you have women coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, and and not just women, like I said, but um, j- but just for the simple fact that it's been worldwide. I've never seen a worldwide protest like that. Right. And I pay attention. I mean, I don't know about any of you guys, right. but I've never seen anything close to that. Um, not and, and not read about it. Not even in the in the you know the civil rights era or anything like that. Uh, uh, just you know, just almost a whole gender just uh, protesting um, um, America's decision. It's almost embarrassing as a country that we've that that you know we're a part of a nation that um, did something that the rest of the planet sees as so incredibly dumb. But but you know what? I will say this um, as a. As a nation, we have done something that a lot of people around the world are seeing as an embarrassment, and we brought Donald Trump into the presidency. The other thing that the world is seeing with that march is that the the people want to do something about it in a large, large way. You know, you, you made this comment here that I think was pretty good. One of the things that Donald Trump is doing accidentally is mobilizing people against people. Him. He is mobilizing people against him. You right. know, every single Sunday we know what Donald Trump is going to be doing Sunday morning. He's going to be on Twitter tweeting about Saturday Night Live, right? <laughs> and every single tweet that he does is mobilizing, uh, and we know what's going to happen to the media. Everybody's going to jump on his tweets. Everybody's going to mobilize against him, talking about how thin-skinned he is. As a ten-year-old boy in a seventy-year-old body, you know. Um, in fact, let, let me let me say this for a second. Here. Do you, well, let me ask you a question real quick. Go ahead. Do you know who uh, Reverend William Barber is? I don't. Man, this this is a, he's an activist, um, okay. and um, he's been um, he's been um, on television and speaking out against Trump. And he said that, uh, and I, I might have mentioned this before, but he said when you live in a time when you can run for office and say, "I will take away your health care." I will give you more guns. I will deny you a living wage. I'll focus more on nuclear weapons than negotiations. I will spend time turning people against each other. And you can still get votes and win. 
then we're living in a time of a moral crisis. Hmm. And uh, that's that's what has happened. Uh, a man has literally ran, you know, basically saying, I'm not going to give you health care. I'm going to make it harder for you to make a living. Uh, you know, I'm going to focus more on nuclear weapons than getting rid of them. And he won. That's that's ugly. And the people all over the world are looking at the United States saying, you're supposed to be the good guys. Hmm. You're supposed to be the heroes. You're the ones that we're supposed to be looking up, the moral authority. And now you put that type of guy in office? You because know, the it's other thing scaring that, the planet. Well, the other thing that the United States is known for is building systems and having people learn how to game the system. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you have a system that has all of these traditions, capitalistic type of, um, of of vehicles, and you find somebody who knows how to work within that system, they're gonna end up they're gonna end up winning. Okay. Now, one of the things that happened this weekend, right after the inauguration, right, the man is inaugurated on Friday. Mm-hmm. So everybody's looking to see what's going to happen on Saturday, right? Saturday, first day in office, what is the very first message you want to put out there? And the very first thing he did was he sent his new press secretary, Sean Spicer, mm-hmm. in front of the media. Everybody's waiting. Okay, Sean, give it to us. Mm-hmm. This is day one. Mm-hmm. What's up? Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And he says, first off, I will answer no questions. Second off, I hate the media for spinning this whole inauguration saying that nobody showed up to the inauguration. Let me explain to you why that's wrong. We had more people watching the inauguration around the world than any other inauguration in history. And everybody who says that people didn't show up is just the media trying to get on Donald Trump. I'm taking no questions. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) If that is going to be your very, very, very first press conference, press conference, as the press secretary, your job is to take questions from the press, Mm -hmm. number one. (laughs) Number two, your very first thing is to show everybody that Donald Trump hates when people talk about his popularity. Right. He's right? uh this is this this is a man with a 12-year-old mentality and I might be giving him more years than he deserves. Maybe a 7-year-old mentality. Um first of all, everything that the that that he said um and the next day on Meet the Press it was kind of embarrassing for the Trump people. Right. But four out of the five things that he said were all proven to be wrong. He said that they didn't, you know, this was the first year that they ever used those little white coverings on the floor. And that's why it looked like so many people weren't there. They never used them before. That's right. not true. They used them in, uh, what, 2012 and 2008. <laughs> and they had the footage to show it. But see, here's the thing. It's one thing to say something on the air or with the press and have people debate. It's okay if you agree or somebody else disagrees. But when you get on the microphone and say blatant lies that are easy to prove, it's easy. It was everything that he said was so easy to but, prove but, that they. But you're calling them basic blatant lies. Right. Did you see what Kellyanne Conway, Trump's spokesperson, said I the did. following day on Meet the Press? I did. She was asked to explain those comments. Mm-hmm. She was asked to explain the press secretary's comments. Did, did, he, did she? Did she say they were lies? No. What does she call them? Lies. They're they're alternative facts. Alternative (laughs) facts, Jamal. (laughs) Jamal, tell me real quick. What's an alternative fact? (laughs) An alternative. Well, 
Thank you, Sergeant Moore. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> I told you that. What if your son told you that? You was fussing at him. It was just an alternative fact. I didn't lie, Dad. Uh, he's about to get an alternative <laughs> discipline. That he ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but, um... Well, I got a question since the, since they bringing up alternative facts. I wonder if I put some alternative facts on my tax return. Hey, <laughs> 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 can I get some of this alternative money? <laughs> but you know what, man? Uh, that that actually that actually like uh, I w- I w- I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, Trump is about to come out. He didn't got his team with him. He's about to come out and do what most politicians do, and they're about to distract. They're about the to country. Distract. They about to hit them with with what whatever if it's a plan, a goal, or whatever it is they're gonna do. They're about to throw a distraction off of what just happened. Mm-hmm. And he came out with that, and I was shocked that he did. And yeah. it it makes me question, like, dude, how competent is your team around you? Because I mean, every, if you if you look at past presidents, they had people around them. Whether it was somebody, whether it's the person that's put helping put together their speech. Right. Whether it's the person that's helping uh, uh, deal with the media, their press secretaries, right. they had good people around them that can quarterback whatever uh, thoughts that they have. Right. Right. And it, when 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 his team comes out like that, it makes you question: Did who is he surrounding himself with? Right. I mean, you got to think of Trump. If any past presidents had decent people around him. This dude is going to need an all-star team around him to cover up the mess that he puts them in. Right. right. And, well, and well, you know what? I, I was Very thinking about what you said, and you're 100% right. So I asked myself, why does this keep happening? And I think I have an idea. And I want to swing something by you all. I think every single time something like this happens, it's because they want to do something different underground. Like, it's a, it's a misdirection. Because think about it. Saturday, Sean Spicer, the press secretary, comes out and he says all of these falsehoods, right? And so while everybody is busy talking about that, housing and urban development took away those reductions in FHA mortgages. And so nobody realized that because so many people talking about the press secretary. That was actually the the first thing that he signed. That's the very first thing that happened. And the same thing happened the very next day. Sunday... Everybody's talking about Kellyanne Conway and alternative facts. And while everybody's busy doing that, no one is noticing no, what he did to hurt the middle class and the poor. Right. You you have things that you have things that he signed to just today is day four. You have things that happen in the last four days that a lot of people don't know about because they're so busy on social media talking alternative facts. Right, right. He's already hurting a lot of people. They're bringing people are on social media sharing pictures of Obama's inauguration versus Trump inauguration. Who do you think? Hey, look how many people came to the march. Hey, look at it. While all that is going on, Trump doesn't care because he's doing some things, signing some. Dude, just restarted the Dakota pipeline. Oh, speak on that. Speak <laughs> on that. Re- let's, let's, let's speak <laughs> on that, man. That let's just speak on that, man. First of all, we're talking about a pipeline that was supposed to run through a, 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 a town that was predominantly white to begin with. Right. The white people didn't want that uh, cancerous um, um, pipeline going anywhere near their town. Exactly. 
And so they had to redirect it to go right through these that's people's that's exactly right. actual, not even just their, their land, but it was less, Burial grounds and yeah, <laughs> less than a mile away from their actual, like, burial grounds of, of a saint, uh, um, a sanctified area, sure. you know, for them, a religious area for them. They, so they, they just were really wronger than two left feet. And this decision of Trump's, to go ahead and restart that pipeline and infringe on these Indians, it's symbolism of what he told us when he was running for president. Mm. We are going to take our country back. Right. Okay? And, you know, he didn't have to come out and say it, even though the, the, it, people know dog whistle when you hear it. People knew what he meant when right. he make said, America take, great again, let's you know. make America great again. Obama already made America great again. This country was losing 700,000 jobs a month when he came into office. Now we're, we're under uh, unemployment under 5%. This Indian thing is symbolism of why he has, why 4 million people uh, came out in that women's march against him um, because people can see see through the lines they know what you meant by take our country back and you're exercising it right now now this this is why I think my wife was probably right at first I was disagreeing with her because she said Trump is a very smart man and I said you gotta be kidding the boy he doesn't know what he's doing and she said just watch and I think it all boils down to misdirection you know, if if I can get certain people to say this on the air and get everybody talking while they're talking about this, then over here behind the stage, I can sign this legislation. I can sign this executive order because everybody's so focused on this other thing. And and I'm glad you bring that up. But that goes to show how <clears throat> ignorant people are in this country. And and just to go show how how media will. um Will will be used uh, use certain things to to uh, to get uh, ratings and things like that. Is that a call? Are they there? Yes. Yeah. Hello, caller. Are you there? You're live on Groove Talk Radio. Can you hear me? Now we can. Who am I speaking with? My name is Alicia. Alicia, it is very nice to meet you. You got the grooves here on Groove Talk Radio. What is it that you wanted to uh, say to the grooves here? I'm on 100 with. Pierre, everything he's saying, what's going on? Because I watched politics for last what seven years, and I'm writing a book, a documentary of everything that went through the Obama years. Hmm. And I tell you, I'm talking about I have every picture, everything. I have a whole room with nothing but Obama stuff, and it's gonna be more than one book. This crazy stuff that's going on with these Republicans is going to one day bite them. They have been getting over since they've been winning every election. Over and over again, poisoning people's minds. And they allowed this man to come in as if he's not going to hurt them, take away all of their benefits, trying to take away everything that Obama built up. Tierra, you were right on top of everything. Hey, I feel bad for the older people, Social Security. They've been trying to get it for a long time to take away all the programs. That's right. I am really, really, it's going to take all of us to pray hard, of course. But we have to start tapping and getting out there. The Republicans make their voice heard. Mm-hmm. They talk loud. Mm-hmm. They run up in the ground with their words. Right. Democrats seem to sit back a lot right. of times mm-hmm. and relax. That makes me a little upset because they don't get out there. Hey, I work at the Democratic Alicia, headquarters. Alicia, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I got two questions. Number one, where are you calling from? I'm calling from California. 
Okay. Near Riverside. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Local. The other question I have for you is, um, why do you think some of the people who voted for Trump are voting against their own self-interest? You know, you got a lot of people who... I think they're naive. Okay. I think a lot of haters have hated the Clintons because they have made so much money. But all that email stuff, what did you find so long in an email that it made you look at this man and all the stuff and the craziness that he was doing? That makes me really sad that our country has really got that many people that are so divided, hatred and racism. It's, such, it's sort of like they were trying to take it out on Hillary because they hated Obama. And that makes me confused, you know, because she's a white woman. She's not black. Sometimes he was, they were jealous. He's walking out of here. He didn't have no major, major wars. There's a lot of stuff going on in Syria. And, you know, we know there's issues. But this man did so many good things. People, even black people, were talking so down on him. Tavis Smiley and Cornel West and people that really didn't agree with him. I didn't really agree with a lot of things they said because they wasn't so busy trying to talk about him, help him, do what he can do to make things better for all of us. I just didn't agree a lot of times. You, you know what, you know, Alicia? I'm going to tell you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I'm very, very, very glad you called. What I want to do now is I want to uh, thank Alicia for calling in. I want to remind everybody else out there that you can also call in 844-978-8346. Do what Alicia did. Participate in the show. Once you dial the number, just hit zero. You'll be connected to the Groove Talk hosts. Uh, one more thing on politics before we switch to something else. I want to make sure that um, we, we close this out all right. Because what we have here is a country that's being run by people who are spinning our media. They're spinning information. And I, I think I want to bring this up just because it was a very interesting side side note here. Ah, my goodness. I'm a, You know what? I'm going to take this... There, Eddie. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get mad at the popularity. Call, Take the call. Who's on the phone here? Hello, caller. You're on the Hello. air. Who's speaking? Alicia, I was disconnected. <laughs> you know what, Alicia? I'm sorry, sorry about that. For me. <laughs> you know what, Alicia? Don't me over there. I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you uh, you you turning into our biggest fan. I think we're going to have to. Uh, Make sure you and all your friends call in. Uh, uh, I call in every week, so get ready for it, because i got a whole lot to say. Okay. Uh, I, I am Obama, Michelle, fan, to the, not the fifth power, to the 105th power. Those were dynamic black folks representing, uh, with no negativity, and people still dog them. I hate that. I'm an underdog lover. I work with the Salvation Army. The underdog, the homeless home, the shelters. I'm always going to the people who need the most, who people criticize and people treat wrong. And anytime I see people mess around with people who are doing a good deed, you have to pray so hard for them. And you have to try to find forgiveness in your heart. My own family is a hater. I just get dropped all of them last year. I left 2016. I had to drop them. You know why? No support. Through all the business things I've done, my hair business, all my cake business, everything, they didn't ever support me. They didn't hate me. Waiting on me to fail. But God is so good, I rose above it. And that's how they treat people. You know what, Alicia? Let me me ask you this, Alicia. Um, uh, Just one more question, and I'm going to let you go because we want to clear the air for some more callers. Uh, That's fine. But but I do have a question for you. Now that Trump is the president, what is that motivating you to do? What kind of action you plan on taking? Get 
they round up with all everybody. And I just women, we finna go for the calls. I'm at Democratic headquarters. We making plans to do a lot. We go door to door, out on floor to floor, whatever it takes. We have to round us up and we have to get out there together as a group and make things happen. You, did you notice there was no drama with all them women out there? No the Democratic drama. women represented in a way that never has happened. Hmm. Republicans would have been out there if Hillary would have won. It would have looked like we had a Klan rally. That's how <laughs> hatred in this world has been built up. And you guys know I am. You know, you know the truth. Hey, I believe in one thing. And God has showed me something through. You know, I have some issues going on in my life. Right. But God showed me one thing is I'll drop everything and I want you to focus on me. And you know so what, my Alicia? In life is focus on God. Alicia. And I love you guys for doing what you do. Hey, I appreciate you for calling in. You're doing, you, you speak nothing but the truth. And I, I'm going I'm to let you go here. We're going to continue on with the show. You call us again next week, all right? I'm listening, but I'll call you. And God bless all you guys. Thank God. We're going to march together. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. what you do. All right. All right, then. All right. Bye-bye. We got, uh, we got, uh, we got us a, a groupie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you realize yeah. that, people, but we got us a groupie. Um. What's up, Jamal? And I just, I just want to uh, close it, t- uh, touching on what you, um, what you mentioned about, you know, this being out and then him still signing these things. Is, it just goes to show how two things: one, how the mani- how the media will take something and publicize it for, you know, ratings and and uh, because it's a popular topic, and it goes to show how ignorant a lot of people are in this country when it comes to things like this. It's just like with the, with the people that voted for him, despite him having interest that goes against their, you know, people that depended on Obamacare voted for him, knowing that if he takes away Obamacare, you're right. not going to have coverage. But they still voted for him. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you got treatments that can save your life and now it's being, being taken away and now you're not going to have it, now you can possibly lose your life. You're not thinking about that now, but you should have been thinking about it when you voted. Right. And right. it just goes to show like, you know, all right. This is what's being put out there, but at the end of the day, this man is the president. He still has things to do as president. What is he doing? You you knew, you paid attention to what he was signing. Right. I paid attention to it. Tier paid attention to it. Right. So we know what's really going on as far as what he's doing and paying attention to it. But how many people are? Right. You know, so that's people, so people, problem. so and that's what I'm saying. People need to like, like if the media is 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 publicizing his alternate alternative facts. And all this nonsense. Focus at the end of the day. This man is the president. Focus on what he's doing as president. I, I don't care about an alternative fact. Honestly, I don't care about how many people showed up. It don't matter. He could have had two billion, or he could have had zero show up. Focus on. The I want to know what you're doing as president there because at, because what people need to do look, let it go. The dude is the president. That's it. We can't change that unless he does something to get impeached. He's going to be the president the next four years. Right. Focus on what he's doing as president and judging based off of that. Let's see right. what he's doing as president and, and, and really focus on that. And if he's doing something that's, you know, outrageous then as far as that can threaten this country, then go on. Who cares about alternative facts and how many people show up to an, an inauguration? You know what? For everybody listening um, who wants to figure out what can I do, what can I do, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and it really is just 30 seconds. The very, very first, if you're listening right now, this is what I want you to do. Um, tonight, when you're finished listening to Groove Talk Radio, take your smartphone, go to your app store, and download two different 
news apps. One is NPR News. It is the most unbiased news that is funded by the people. Mm-hmm. Funded by the people. Not funded by right wing, left wing. Funded by the people. Download that app. You're going to get the most unbiased news. No Democrat, no Republican influence. It's just facts and facts. Okay. The other thing that I uh, would like for you to do is download an app called Yahoo, Yahoo News Digest. Because what they do every 12 hours, they will give you the top eight headlines just so you can stay informed. You don't have to read a whole long article. They give you the top eight headlines with one paragraph and then you move on. I need y'all to stay informed. I need y'all to stay informed. Because while Donald Trump may be over here talking about alternative facts and all this other stuff, policies are being written backstage. And y'all need to stay informed. Now, one of the things that, um, one of the things that we're going to do every single episode is we're going to follow this kind of a format. We're going to talk about current events. We're going to talk about politics. We also want to bring in some, uh, Things that happened this week in black history. But before I get to that, I'm going to have Tierra have the last word with the politics. All right. We're close and uh, we're, we're approaching the 630 hour. So um, I'm not sure how long we're going to do this. But I did want to address one thing that uh, the caller did say um, where she was speaking on Tavis Smiley and uh, the other people who um, Cornell West and other blacks who uh, criticized President Obama during his uh, his presidency. Don't be so quick to think that they are sellouts who were betraying the the president. Um, In in a way, they might have been trying to help the president. If Barack Obama is the black man um, facing a a white constituency and he's saying, I want to do something to help the black people. And there's no public pressure for him to do that then people are going to say, no, you don't need to do that. You don't have to do that. They'll give him harassment. But if blacks were putting a lot of pressure, public pressure on Obama to do something, then that would have given Obama the excuse to come to the Congress and and the cabinet and just be like, look, we got to do something. You see what's happening. I'm getting ready to lose the black vote. People are getting mad at me. They're getting upset. People are criticizing me. You know, he he would have had an excuse to try and do something for us. Hmm. And, and, and in a way, that's what Tavis Smiley and Cornell West were doing. They were they were complaining and bitching so he could say, hey, look, I got these blacks complaining and bitching. Right, right, right. So I need to do something to address it. But when blacks are just like, hey, whatever he does, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to love him anyway. Then there's no pressure on Obama or anyone around him to do anything specific for us. Um, so not everybody, just like I said, Jim Brown last week, he was um, married to a white woman and he was putting in way more work for the community than I've ever done. Hmm. So we can't be so quick to just judge everybody. But we do need to keep an eye on those Oreos or what I heard the other day was funny, coconuts. You call Oreo? Is that what you said? They're, yeah. I, never uh, heard, I mean, I heard that phrase, but I haven't heard it in a long time. Well, well, well. Well, I, I heard coconuts. <laughs> coconuts the other day it was brown on the outside, white on the inside. Yeah, I heard that. I, heard that. I, I tell you what, um, this is how we're gonna close the show. We're gonna we're gonna keep it black here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take it black. We want we want to we want to talk about something positive that's happening in the black community, um, or something positive that y'all need to remember from the black history. Black history, black present, black future. You know what I'm saying and. Something very, very important actually happened last week that a lot, that also a lot of people 
didn't see in the news, and that's because everybody's so caught up in this Trump thing. Mm-hmm. Last week, Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad National Park. It was one of the last things that happened under the Obama administration. It's been a national park, a national monument, Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad National Park in New York. Um, you said New York City? Um, was there anything specific? I mean, um, significant about why they did it in New York? That's a good question. Let me let me let me pull it up here because I want to make sure I get the the information right here. But and, and while he's pulling it up, if you don't really know who Harriet Tubman is, don't don't <laughs> don't believe what's just on the surface. Don't think that she was just a person who ran an underground railroad. This woman was deep. Uh, she actually did um, uh, discover there were several underground railroads, but she discovered a very effective route that went from Maryland up north and 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 um, not only was her route so effective that this woman came back and 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 rescued hundreds of slaves um, to the point where she was putting in so much work that Union generals started looking and noticing her they actually um, drafted this woman into the uh, Union army and this woman was running um what do you call it? She was running like reconnaissance missions, uh, missions and blitzes on slave um, um, plantations. She, she'd have an army behind her and she'd run up on a plant, plantation and free all the slaves on plantation to plantation. She, 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 she worked as a spy for the United States. This woman was very powerful. She mm-hmm. was not just a woman who just went back and helped a couple people. This woman was actually one of our first spies. Um, she put in a lot of work for this country, and she deserves to be on that $20 bill. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what were you going to say about that? No, uh, no, no. I, here's what I would say. I, everybody who's listening in, I want you to see what just happened here, because Tierra is speaking from his head. Yeah. And he's speaking from his head, and I'm here looking at the news article from the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Tierra almost verbatim said exactly what was in the Smithsonian article. And I was I was trying to stop him, but then I realized I don't have to stop him because he said exactly what's in the article. Uh, she was born in Maryland, ended up in New York, and what they want to do with the historical park is honor in New York because she owned that property all by herself. And so what they're doing is they're taking that property that she had in Auburn, New York, and making that the main site of the national park. And so what's what's happening is there are going to be other significant uh, sites along the way that they're going to commemorate. The main area is her own property in Auburn, New York. And she deserves it. Harriet Tubman, in my book, was a gangster. You know, I don't care what you what y'all call a gangster these days. Y'all not gangster like Harriet Tubman. When they when they finally make that movie, and I hope they do a great job with it. Um, this woman, it, it, man, I mean, walking through the woods with the shotgun, had the scarf tied around her head like Tupac. I mean, <laughs> Harriet Tubman was uh, definitely a G. This is a day for to give women props, man. I mean, just in the right. spirit of Harriet Tubman, we had that women's march uh, over the weekend, and um, you know, um, well, well, see, here, here's 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 the, the strength thing. of a woman, man. Here, here's the thing that I really like about this story. See, she already had the Harriet Tubman Historical Park in Maryland th- uh, three years ago. They they established where she was born. What they're doing now is making this sister park in New York. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So you have the beginning right. and you have the end. Right. And they're trying Salvation to tie the two the together end. with these two sister parts, which I think is an awesome idea. Yes. You, yes, you it is. yes, it is. What yeah. if they somehow uh, went and, and, and um, paved made a sidewalk in the middle of the woods the trail that everyone took uh you know from uh you oh, know, no, Maryland no, no, no. get to, this uh, no get this there is a uh there's a dude here in San Bernardino mm-hmm. named Hubie Brown and he That's is weird. um he he works as part of the board of education for the San Bernardino County Schools okay. right he and his family actually own a tour company that takes people Teachers only that takes teachers who teach history on a tour of the Underground Railroad. So they start in the South. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a week long tour. Mm-hmm. They start in the South and they travel the Underground Railroad until they get to the Canadian border. They say teachers come off that trip in tears, and he they do this trip for teachers so that they can go back to the kids in the schools. And tell them from firsthand experience what they came up. This is a dude here in San Bernardino. In California. Nowhere near. A brother here in San Bernardino Mm -hmm. who's running this operation. Mm -hmm. You can't get get better than that right there. I mean, you talk about positive. You know, that's that's something to end. We can end on that right there. um, I'm going to tell you. This was was a good show. I I, I agree. I, 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 I I like the topics. I like our caller, Alicia. Alicia, I know you're listening because you are a groupie, so you're going to call in next week. <laughs> tell your friends to call in, too. Yeah, tell your friends to download the IMG2 app and um, and listen in to Groove Talk Radio every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, we were speaking on Underground Railroad, something for um, for everyone to look up on, on your own uh, spare time. We actually have a lot of um, the Underground Railroad wrong. The actual real underground railroad actually ran through Florida um, through the majority of uh, the the time that we were actually in bondage. Um, we always see people trying to make it up north, but actually um, Florida was Spanish territory for the majority of the time that we were in bondage. And if you were down south, a slave down south, why go through the rigmarole of trying to get up north you got the slave catchers if you get caught you know you get beaten lynched and killed or whatever uh trying to get up north that was harder it was a whole lot easier if you can just get to georgia get to this river and take this river into florida and um and uh to be to be honest with you the majority of the slaves that 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 got their freedom by running away ran to florida. florida ran to florida so i just wanted to say that as the uh the the ending note i like that i like that uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, close it out right now. We want to make sure that everybody tunes in every Tuesday night, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern. Uh, make sure you get that app, IMG2. Uh, make sure you go to Facebook to our page. We have a Facebook page. Just search for Groove Talk Radio and you will find us. What I want you to do is I want you to... Let's build this community. Let's build this Groove Talk Radio community on Facebook. Y'all communicate with us. We'll communicate with you. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us the topics you want us to talk about. Tell us the questions that you have during the week. Give us feedback on Groove Talk Radio. And to encourage some of this feedback, everybody who likes that Groove Talk Radio page 
what we're going to do is we're going to give everybody there exclusive content that you can't get on the radio during Tuesday. Everybody who likes that page, we're going to hook you up with something. Exclusive content, questions, um, answers, uh, even a book giveaway. We're going to give away some books and some uh, knowledge to you on Facebook. So make sure you go to Facebook, like that page, Groove Talk Radio. And then we're going to hook you up. Might be something in it for you. Okay, so right now we are going to close it off. We thank you for listening. And uh, make sure you tune in next time to uh, Groove Talk Radio. There we go. Let's get this going.